How many of you excited you came to church today? We excited we came today? Man, I, I'm excited I came today. I didn't really have a choice, but I'm excited that I'm here. Because um, how many of you know sometimes even as the pastor, you know, you got to show up even when you don't want to be here. But today, uh, I have good news to report is there's like 99% of days where you do want to be here. And there's the 1%. I mean, you wake up on the wrong side of the bed every now and then. Even pastors do that. Yes, they do. And uh, but man, today, uh, I'm excited. Before I jump into, into the message, I want to tell you this. This past week, uh, we lost a legend. My grandfather, W.C. Allen, I might get emotional, passed away. And um, my grandfather is, uh, was a spiritual pillar in my family. I remember on Sundays growing up, we would go over to his house for lunch and each week he would pray for the meal. And, uh, I never once questioned, there was a lot of things that I questioned in my life as a kid. I never once questioned if my grandfather, W.C. Allen, William Clarence Allen, I never once questioned if he loved Jesus. And so I got to tell you this, listen to me, grandfathers, fathers, your kids and your grandkids are watching you, and it matters. And I don't tell you this, it's not a weight that you should carry, that you should feel like, oh my gosh, I don't know if I can do this, but there should be a little bit of heaviness in the way that we walk out our faith because there are people behind us watching the steps that we take, and they want to see that it's possible that in 2022, you can follow Jesus. It may not be popular out there, but can I tell you, it is still, it is still the call and command of Jesus Christ for us to follow him on a daily basis. And so... um He's, he's amazing. He was a, a fireman. And in North Carolina, you can uh, actually make a career out of being a fireman. I'm actually thankful for all of our Delaware firemen who, who show up uh, after their job, before their job, in the middle of the night. I'm thankful for all of them. Um, yes, amazing. But he was a... He was a fireman for 38 years and uh, a craftsman. He was like a man's man. I still remember to this day, like him holding me down, pulling my shirt up and with a little bit of a beard, come on, giving me like, he was, he called it bearding me. And uh, now they call it child abuse, but it was fun back then, right? It was fun. I'm, I'm so thankful. Seriously, I'm so thankful for my grandfather. And uh, I, I don't know what the theology is about, can he hear me or not? But WC, I love you. And um, man, just thankful for you in my life. But today, I'm a little emotional because, man, there's a lot of good things happening right now. Y'all, I, I can't tell you how much it excites me. If you knew the story behind people that were baptized, if you knew the story behind, like, the, the things that we get to see on a, on, a, on a weekly basis of the life change that is happening under the sound of my voice, and you're part of that, like, I've said this before at our church, but I want to say it to you again. You're doing so much better than you think you're doing. That you are harder on yourself than anybody else is. That's not meant to give you a free pass. That's meant to allow you to just soak in it for a moment. To hear me remind you, to tell you that the Heavenly Father loves you more than you could ever begin to imagine. That he's proud of you. That he sees you. That he hears you. His eyes are on you. So today we are jumping into um, this brand new teaching series, In Focus. And uh, that was not at all how I wanted to start out this message because it's a little bit lighter of a story that I wanted to tell. But several years ago, I started to notice that when I was, I started to notice that printing presses were starting to print out material more blurry than it used to print out. Some of y'all get that in a minute. I started to, I'm like, man, like I'm ordering the same, from the same places, but it, it seems like 
as I'm, I'm reading, it just seems like the, the, you know, that my, my dad used to say this, they don't make things like they used to. And, uh, and I've realized that with books and with printing presses, they just don't print like they used to. Y'all, what I'm trying to say is my vision's getting bad. Okay, for some of you, it's gonna take like 3 p.m., wake up from your Sunday nap and be like, oh my gosh, he was trying to be funny and I didn't realize that he was trying to be funny. Yeah, and, and I started to realize that and, um, and I would be reading a book or reading my Bible and Sherry, my wife, would walk in the room and, and she'd be like, why are you frowning? Like, what are you, what are you, like, are you upset like with whatever you're reading? And uh, I'm like, no, I'm, just, I'm literally, I'm trying to see the words on the page. Anybody else been there in your life? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and so so I, I, was, I was just kind of like stumbling through this and, and trying to figure this out. And, and, and what am I going to do about this? Because I can't like concede that I'm getting older. Can't do it. I can't do it. Can't, can't give in. Like I've got, to, I've got to keep up the facade, even if it's a facade that I'm not. Like I've got to, I've got to do this. And uh, then, it, then it kind of came to a culmination that one day I was actually at church and um, I was, somebody was showing me something on a phone and they were, they were showing me something on a phone and, and I began to look at the phone like this. And, and one of my, my friends who attends our Milford camp, his name is Brian, he has, a, he has an eye care place in Milford. He said, hey, hey, pastor, I can help you with that. And so I, I went and got fitted, and I got me some glasses. I'm gonna show y'all my, some of the debut for my glasses. I don't I, uh, listen. I don't need like your applause. Like, oh my gosh, those are cool, right? They, I mean, I don't. I don't need that. But I was able to actually see what was happening around me. I was like, oh my gosh, the printing presses that I thought were off are actually right. Like, this is not the way it's supposed to be. But yet Sundays, I still preach without them. But I just make the text bigger on my iPad. Come on, that's, that's what I do. I went, from, I went from like 14 font to 16 font because ain't no way I'm preaching with these things yet. Can't concede that I'm getting older. I want to I make a point. Because it took someone outside of myself to bring my vision back in focus. It took someone that was not Kenneth, it took someone named Brian to, to tell me that it was possible to fix my vision, to, to literally to bring it in focus. And how many of you know that sometimes not just physically with our eyes, that sometimes spiritually with our souls, it takes somebody from the outside looking in to be able to speak into your life to say, hey, I can fix that. And by fix that, I don't mean do what the Holy Spirit can do, because that's not what I'm talking about. I'm literally talking about they can point you in the direction where you can get your vision, your life vision back in focus. So over the next several weeks, here's my attempt, my goal, here's my dream is that this would happen, is that I would be the one who would come alongside you. And that spiritually for many of us, that we would be able to get into focus, maybe some of us for the first time, maybe uh, others of us, again, there's a beautiful thing about the journey of people that are part of United Churches that we're all in different parts of our spiritual journey. But my hope is that some people get their vision and focus for the first time, that others of us, maybe we would refocus, that others of us, like we have gone so long and we've squinted so much and we've tried readers that don't work anymore. Like, we need to get in 
focus. And I want to take a time out before, but I want to pause before I continue on because I want to say this. Listen, if you call United Church home, let me, let me just like lay out a challenge. The, my challenge would be for you is that over the, this week and the three weeks following this, that you would be here for every single, unless you already have plans and you can't move them, that you would be here for every, well, pastor, I'll watch it online. It's not the same. Come on, how many of you know that like when you have a moment like we just had in worship, like you don't feel that on the other, like you don't feel that when you're scrubbing your dishes, listening to it in the background. Come on, don't act like you're in your room like, oh, a miracle can happen. You ain't doing that. You're fast forwarding. I know you because I am you. I'm not sitting in my living room. I'm like, I'm like, not, not like, if you're watching online right now, I'm sorry, it just ain't the same as being in the room. I'm, I'm not taking shots at you. I'm just saying, like, you need to get back in the room, get some rhythms in your life and get back in the room. Come on, can we just tell them they need to be in the room today? Oh man, ain't nothing like being in Dover and Milford and feeling the presence of God just touch you from the bottoms of your soul to the top of your head and you want to do a little Holy Ghost dance. <laughs> Come on. Man, there's just, and so what I want to do is I want to lay out this, this challenge over the next several weeks. There's two reasons why. One, because we're going we're gonna to bring our vision in focus for what this house, United Church, is all about, what we've always been about, what we are about, and what we will be about moving forward. And the other reason is this, is because over the next two weeks, literally your mind is going to be completely blown because next week we have Pastor Kevin Myers from 12 Stone Church who is going to be with us. And maybe you don't know him. Maybe this will jog your memory. He's the one that gave us $100,000 several years ago. Yeah, yeah. Now you remember him. You're like, you always remember the uncle that gave you $100,000, right? You, you're like, I need that uncle. That's what you, that's what all of us want, right? Uh, pastor Kevin Myers will be here. And then the next week following that, my pastor, Pastor Chris Hodges, who pastors the second largest church in America, will be here preaching. Y'all, I cannot wait for everything. That, and I've asked them to bring some messages that I believe are going to bring our vision in focus. We all commit to that. Like, just, just like, okay, don't, don't raise your hand. Just be here. You know what I'm saying? Anyways, I'm believing that it's going to be absolutely amazing. If you've got plans that can be shifted, I'm encouraging you, shift those plans. Again, I'll watch it back. It ain't the same. Get in the room. But allow me for a second. I want to take you back to the beginning because if we're going to get in focus, we need to know what we need to focus in on. I want to take you all the way back to, to Southern Wesleyan University. I'm going to tell the story of, of where we came from because there's people, again, that came in at different parts of our church's journey. And you need to know what God has placed in our hearts as a church. But me and my wife, Sherry, we went to Southern Wesleyan University. And, uh, and I remember, I remember going to, uh, we were in college. And specifically, I remember sometime around my sophomore year, we were sitting in apartment Q, and apartment Q was um, me and uh, Pastor Davey, our teaching pastor. Um, man, we weren't pastors back then. We were a lot less sanctified and a lot crazier, you know what I'm saying? But we were, we were still chasing after Jesus, and, uh, but we were, we, I remember dreaming. I remember dreaming of, of one day starting a church, both of us. We, we were talking about this. And I remember one day, like, we were dreaming about this, and, and we started talking about, like, what would it look like to start a church? What would it look like to be a part of, of from the infancy of the, not just, like, and there's nothing wrong with going into a church that's already established and pastoring those churches. I think that's amazing. God has a call for every single pastor out there. But what would it look like for us to start a church? And we started thinking to ourselves, it would be amazing to start a church that was answering questions that people were actually asking. It would be amazing to, 
to teach in such a way that like we could laugh in church, but also we could learn a lot. It would be a way to start a church where we could tell stories about getting glasses, but then turn the corner and like, oh my gosh, it's a spiritual truth. We, we dreamed of, of starting that type of church. And so we graduated college and, and Pastor Davey went on to pastor at a church in South Carolina. And then he started a church in Indianapolis, Indiana. And then we graduated from college and went to Calvary Wesleyan Church in Harrington. Come on, shout out to Harrington right now. Yeah, yeah. And we went there as pastor for seven years, and then we started United Church. And before we started the church, I remember I was standing in the back in 2013. I was standing in the back of Ignite Camp. You guys just heard this, that Ryan, when she got baptized, she mentioned that this life change, this moment happened at Ignite Camp. How many? A lot of things happen at Ignite Camp. If you're older, if you're too old, sponsor somebody to go. But if you're in that age group and you have kids in that age group, do whatever you can to get them to Ignite Camp because their life, I promise you, it will be changed. So Ignite Camp, we're, we're sitting in the back of this room, and it was not the current camp that we are at now. It's the old camp that we were at that's a little bit more, let's say, primitive than the new, the new one. Primitive, that's the kindest word I have. No air conditioning. You're sweating from your toes. Like, your toes are sweating. That's where everything. And I remember sitting in the back of the room, and this guy named Dave, he looks at me, he says this. He said, and y'all don't know Dave, but he says this. He said, he said Kenneth, I got to ask you a question. Why haven't you started a church with this team. He was pointing at the worship and the production, all of the people who are operating these things. And it was like, for the first time, I had never even thought about it or considered it, but it was like the moment took me back to my sophomore year of college. And a couple of times along the way that God had reminded me that one day you were gonna start a church, that you were gonna answer questions that nobody was answering, teach in a way that people have never really experienced before in person. And, and, and it's going to be, it's gonna be life-giving. It's gonna be amazing. And it was like, it, oh, I went back to this moment. I'm like, it was stuck in my spirit. It was inescapable for me. Fast forward about 10 days later, July 27th, 2013, I was sitting in a worship experience and I knew that God had placed a call on my life to start a church. And then I heard God speak directly into my spirit, probably only, only one or two times that I can say, listen, for, for certain, I know that God spoke this over my life. And he said this to me, he said, I want you to love Delaware until their heart beats like mine. I want you to love Delaware until their heart beats like mine. And I would love to tell you that in that moment, I was so excited. I knew that God had called me to plant a church. And I grew up in North Carolina. My wife grew up in South Carolina. And I had prayed that, God, would you take us to the holy land of Carolina? God, I'm feeling the spirit of Myrtle Beach come on me. I'm feeling the spirit of Wilmington, North Carolina. Come on, I'm feeling the spirit of Asheville, North Carolina. God, I'm, I'm, feeling, I'm feeling mountains or beach in Jesus' name. I'm feeling it, I'm feeling I'm feeling I'm feeling it. And he spoke it over my life. I want you to love Delaware until the heart beats like mine. I was like, oh no. <laughs> Are you sure? I'm like, wrong number, who this? You know what I'm saying? I'm like, oh, you got the wrong one. But it was amazing, literally over the months to come, God gave me a supernatural love. And we say it like this now because it's weird to say it how he said it to me, but we are to love Delaware until their heart beats like his. If you're at our Milford campus, when you walk out of the auditorium, it's on a 16 by 56 foot wall. Love Delaware until their heart beats like his because we never want to forget it. And here's what I wanna tell you. People are like, well, I live in Maryland. Listen, when God changes it in my spirit, I'll change it on the screen. 
So I'm just saying, you don't want me to move if God don't move me. I'm telling you. If God ain't in it, we don't want to be in it. Would you say amen to that? And let's just say, if you live in Maryland, I love you too. And God does too. I'm just telling you, this is what he's giving me for right now. Love Delaware. And over the next several months, God gave me a supernatural love for a state. And y'all, I'm telling you, this is the best state, the first state, the blue hen state, the diamond state. Come on, there is so much to get excited about. And people make fun of me. Like, well, I, as soon as I graduate from high school, I'm leaving here. And then five years later, guess where they are? <laughs> right back here. So what does it look like? What does it mean to love Delaware until the heart beats like his? Church, can I tell you, from the very beginning, this is what God called us to do. This is the church who God called us to be, to honor, to love, to give, to be generous, because you know that you can't outgive God. But the number one thing that I believe how we live this out, to love Delaware until the heart beats like his, is to serve our amazing state. I think that if we were to kind of boil it down to one thing, it would be to serve our amazing State, before we had anything to invite people to, y'all, we were serving first then the city of Dover and the, the, the surrounding areas. Some of y'all know Dawn, Dawn Nickerson Banya. She would say this. She would, she would call us affectionately the church guys. Church guys. We'd be out downtown like church guys. There's the church guys. Just picking up trash. Church guys. We'd volunteer for something. There's the church guys. I'm like, hey, I, my name's Kenneth. Nice to meet you. <laughs> Dawn, nice to meet you. What's the catch? What are we doing here? And as we, as we begin to develop into more, and, and this is what I want you to understand, this is what I want you to kind of grasp with me today, is since 2013 and still to this day, like that is our calling to love Delaware to the heartbeats like his, but the number one way that we will do that and flesh that out is through serving his amazing children. Why do we do Serve Saturday? Because we just want to be like Jesus. Why do we do Love Day coming up? because we just want to be like Jesus. Why do these amazing partners show up every single week at our Milford campus and Dover camp? Why, why do they do that? Because we just want to be like Jesus. And so today, here's my hope, my dream, my goal, is that all of us would bring it back into focus of why we started this church, to serve the amazing people that God has given us to serve. Because I believe it's a stewardship issue. It's a stewardship issue in us for us to serve God's children. If you have your Bible, I want you to turn with me to Acts chapter 3. We're, we're going to be in plenty of the Bible. I know that some of you are like, does he read the Bible? We're going to look at plenty of the Bible. I just had to tell you that story. But in Acts chapter 3, I want to set this up very quickly before we jump into this. This is an incredible passage, some of the backstory of this. That I want you to understand the context that Peter is coming fresh off of preaching a sermon. He, he's coming off of, of this is like Peter has is, is, is had a moment where 3,000 people received Jesus as their Savior. As a pastor, that's a pretty good day. That's a pretty good day. I might even take Monday off if 3,000 people accepted Jesus. And just before he preaches this message, this is where, where Pentecost happens. The Holy Spirit is, is pro, who is promised when Jesus went to heaven is given to the people of God. Like Peter is riding a hot streak. He's feeling like MC Hammer. Can't touch this. Come on. He's like, he's feeling good. Peter is having a moment. And in Acts chapter three, him and John, they show up to the temple and check it out in Acts chapter three. We're going to read it almost in its entirety. It says, now Peter and John were going up to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. It says, and a man lame from birth was being carried whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple that is called the beautiful gate, to ask alms or to ask for money of those entering the temple. 
So Peter and John, they finally says it's a normal day. They're just heading up to the temple to pray. Scripture says that it's at the ninth hour. So they were going up at 3 p.m. and they just stopped by Legacy to get their coffee before Legacy closed so that they could head to the temple because that's like last call. I'm always getting my Americano before we close, right? So they're heading up to the the, the temple to pray 3 p.m. And they they find themselves and they they see this man who has been, it says, laid daily. And he's he's been lame, excuse me, from birth. We find out later and Acts chapter four, that this man is over 40 years old. So they've laid him daily at the beautiful gate. The beautiful gate, Josephus tells us, who is a historian from biblical times, is described as, as being overlaid with bronze. I mean, this is a spectacle to see. It's in that time, it would have far more exceeded the value of silver and gold. And this, this beautiful gate is 75 foot tall, 75 foot tall. It took 20 men to open and close the gate. Right. This is the this is the this is the photo moment, right? This is where everybody they're getting their, their selfie picture out with a beautiful gate in the background, like they want to put it on Instagram. Like everybody is noticing this is the place. And so Peter and John, they find themselves in this moment. Check out what happens in verse number three. It says, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, he asked to receive alms. And Peter directed his gaze at him, as did John, and said, Look at us. You, you can just breeze past this. It would be easy to just, just read Acts chapter three and breeze past the part where, where, where Peter looks at him, Peter and John look at him and say, look at us. The significance piece about this is the eye contact. Because Peter says, hey, hey, I want you to look, I want you to look at us. And the significance for me with this is I remember growing up, my dad would always teach me that when I was shaking someone's hand, I would shake their hand and I would look them in the eyes. Y'all, how many of you know that's a lost art today? Like, you're like, what's up, bro? I'm not your bro. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm nice to meet you, but I'm not your bro, right? Like, look them in the eyes, shake their hand and look them in the eyes. Why? Because it's a sign of respect, It's a sign of of value that you have now placed on the other person when you are looking them in the eyes, when you are looking them in the eyes and you're saying, hey, look at us. And I believe that Peter was trying to show us something. The first piece of serving is what I want you to write down today is that serving adds value. In this moment that Peter had not given him anything, but he had given him dignity. He had not given him anything financially, but he had given him respect. He had already added value to this man's life. The first thing, I believe, this may be a little bit of inference, but I believe that Peter wanted him to look him in the eyes because he wanted to know that not only did he matter to him, but he mattered to the Most High God. And that when you and I serve, when you and I serve to add value, not to serve to serve yourself, because how many know Jesus in Mark chapter 10, verse 45, it says the Son of Man came to serve, not to be served and to give his life as a ransom for many. Like the the greatest servant of all, Jesus, he came to give his life away. And that when you are giving your life away, you are adding value to the people around you. And this is the heart of our church. This is the heart of everything that we set out to do is that we don't serve with with strings attached here at United. We don't serve people like, hey, we're gonna serve so hopefully this happens. No, we wanna add value to people because we believe this is exactly the heart of Jesus. I heard someone say at one time like this, that if serving is beneath you, leadership is beyond you. If serving is beneath you, leadership is beyond you. Check out how it continues in verse number five. It says, and he fixed his attention on them, expecting to receive something from them. But Peter said, 
I have no silver and gold. And I'm sure at this point, this man's like, well, what you got? Like, I'm asking for one thing. He says, I have no silver and gold, but what I do have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up. Like, I have to imagine for a moment, like, he doesn't see Peter reach for his pocket. He doesn't see him look for his wallet. And he's like, I'm not interested in what you got. Like, I've been asking for one thing for almost 40 years. I've been sitting here. He said, but what I have to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Took him by the right hand and raised him up. And immediately his feet and ankles were made Strong. The second thing I want you to see about serving is this, is that serving lifts people up. Serving lifts people up. I I don't know if you've ever been here before. You you ever just been down? You ever ever felt like like you wake up one morning and really you don't even know why, but maybe you just feel defeated. Like your spirit's heavy. You're not really sure what's going on or like how to even connect, like how you're you're, you're, you're feeling because maybe you had a good day the day before and like you're just not really sure like what's, what's happening. But isn't it amazing when a brother or sister in Christ serves you what happens? Isn't it amazing like in that moment, like literally in that moment, it's like someone like, like picked your head up, like your head was down, but they just kind of grabbed your chin and, and gave you some perspective on life. And church, this is what I believe is hap- this is what I believe was happening for this man in this moment is, is that for just a second, Peter and John, they were lifting his head, that they were, they were, they were, they were, they were serving this man so that they, he would know that they actually cared. Like sometimes you and I, like the most spiritual thing that you and I can do is to serve somebody. My favorite thing about this passage is you notice what Peter did not do. <laughs> Peter did not take a tract over this guy. And if you don't know what a tract is, think about the little pamphlet in the bathroom, men, by the urinal. You've seen it, like, are you going to hell? Like, you've seen that, right? That's a tract. Peter did not walk him. So the lady's like, that's disgusting. I know, but I don't know why people do it. It's by the urinal. Anyways, but, but he did not take him a tract. He did not take the little, um, let me just speak to some of those people that have seen, like, the fake uh, like $100 bill or million dollar bill that like that people leave for a tip and then they leave like a 10% tip and they're like, it's, it's a gospel tract on the tip. Like, listen, they're not listening to you about the gospel if you left them a 10% tip. Come on, somebody in Jesus' name. Like, if you're gonna leave a tract, you better leave a 50% tip, a 100% tip or a $100 bill because they really wanna, they're, they're gonna be like, you got my attention now. Right, one of the things that he did not do, Peter did not give this guy seven steps to turn his life around. He didn't get out his Bible and say, hey, let's walk through Roman roads. No, no, what did he do? He served this man. And yo, I, I don't know if, if this is connecting with your spirit, but sometimes that, that we don't need to do all of those things. Sometimes we do need to share our faith when God prompts us. Sometimes we do need to tell them about the hope that we found in Jesus. But sometimes the first step of being able to do all of that is just serving them so that we can lift them up. Y'all, I feel like I'm preaching better than y'all are responding today. I don't know what's like, what's, what's happening out there. Maybe it's not enough coffee, coffee happening, caffeine, caffeine, but, but, but. Serving, literally, it lifts people up. I want to continue verse number eight. He says this. He says, leaping up, he stood and began to walk. And he entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. This man was making a scene. This man was, like, 
Like, you ever been around that newly saved person? You're like, calm down, calm down, calm down. <laughs> I'm about Peter and James, Peter and John, excuse me, they're like, oh man, I, like, who's this guy? Anybody seen him? Like, that's crazy. Like, they, 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 you've been around this person before, but, but here's what I want you to understand is this, is if you're taking notes, write this down, is that serving opens the door for more. That Peter serving this man was the key to getting him into the, pres- the, the presence of God, excuse me. That his physical healing allowed him to go into the temple for the first time in his life. Let me give you a little bit of backstory. That this man would have been considered unclean before he was healed. And so he would have never been able to go into the temple. He would have never been able to step foot into the, pre- the house of God in order to experience the things that the people of God were experiencing. Let, let me put this into 2022 terms. This, this would be the equivalent of somebody sitting outside of one of our campuses and hearing all of the worship music and hearing all of the the amazing things and and maybe they're just kind of like longing for the presence of God. They're just longing to be in in God's presence that they're kind of outside the doors and they see kids coming in with superhero costumes and maybe they've got a couple kids and they don't really know like, how do I get into the presence of God? How do I get into that place? It would be the same as somebody sitting out there and you walk into your car and maybe you've said this on a week, some week, maybe not this week or last, Last week or, or, or the week before, but you've said it before, man, that message was for me. Like if it felt like Pastor Kenneth or whoever the other pastor was that was preaching in that moment, it felt like that message was for me. But up until this point, he wouldn't have had access to the house of God. Like it would have been like an outsider that was sitting idly by who had not yet found themselves into the presence of God. Just think with me for a second, where would your life be if it wasn't for a life-giving church? And I'm not just talking about United Church. This doesn't have to be your church home. But if you didn't have a place where you could show up and worship God and have an encounter with him and know that there are people around you that love you, they know your name, they care. Like if it wasn't for that, where would you be? And serving this man, it opened the door for more. It opened the door because here's what, this is a spiritual truth I need you to know, that meeting a physical need often leads to a spiritual opportunity. Over and over and over again, when you read the New Testament, this is exactly what Jesus, he met a physical need and it often led to a spiritual opportunity. What are you saying, Pastor Ken? I'm saying this, that maybe your neighbor is one opportunity of serving them away from them getting into the presence of God. What does that look like? I don't know. But God gave us all an imagination. What would it look like to serve? What what do you mean by this, Pastor? What I mean by this is I believe that we are, I believe that we're one step away from engaging as many people as possible that call this place home into serving the city of Milford and serving the city of Dover in order to see a monsoon of God's love wash all over this amazing place. Church, I want to say this. Sometimes we ask, hey, I, I want to go, I want to, get, I want to get deeper teaching. I want, Pastor, I, want, I, want, I just want some deeper teaching. Can I, can I challenge you with this? You and I don't need more deeper teaching until we actually engage what we've already learned previously. 
The greatest form of obedience is not like, oh my gosh, like he broke down the Greek and he parsed the sentence and I can do, I took two full years of Greek. I could blow your mind every week and you'd be like, he's smart. I don't want you to think I'm smart. I want you to move. I want you to take a next step. I want you to be like, oh my gosh, my heart is beating more like the father's. Oh my gosh, I'm loving my wife better. I'm loving my kids better. Oh, I love Jesus. Now, this is, a, this is like a, a tender spot for me right now. We, we don't need more teaching. We need more obedience. Listen, if it was just us saying, hey, when it comes to love day, where are you going with this, Pastor Ken? When I end today, I'm going to call every I'm going to go ahead and spoil it right now. I'm going to call every single one of us, Milford Campus, Dover, those of you in your robe at home, I'm going to call every single person to sign up for Love Day and let's blow this state's mind with how we say, hey, we're gonna meet a physical need so that we can step into a spiritual opportunity and hopefully have the opportunity to tell you about Jesus. Pastor Ken, you don't, you don't um, I, I could never be like Peter. I mean, this is great for Peter. I mean, it's awesome. Peter's, he's preaching 3,000 people. I mean, Peter's doing all this stuff. But I want, you to, I want you to understand this, that less than two months before this happened, he had denied Jesus three times. Jesus has so lovingly restored him and now is using him to see this movement begin to happen. I don't know what your past is, but my guess is that you've, never, you've not denied Jesus three times after walking with him for a significant amount of time. Like God wants to restore you and bring you back into his, into his, he wants to experience his love so that you can be sent on mission. He wants to use you for his glory. I got to move. Verse nine, and all the people saw him walking and praising God. All the people, every single person in church, they were like, hey, that was the guy. Recognize him as the one who sat at the beautiful gate of the temple asking for alms. And they were filled with wonder. They're probably thinking, like, now he's going to come ask me for money. He can walk. You know what I'm saying? I used to be able to avoid him. Now he's going to come ask for me. Don't judge me. I'm just saying what I would have thought. You're like, that's rude. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened. See, what had happened was, it says, while he clung to Peter and John, again, clung to Peter and John, all the people, utterly astounded, ran together to them in the portico called Solomon's. This is almost, almost done, but this is what I want you to see about serving, is that serving raises awareness. This man was causing a scene. Like when you start serving, when you and I, when we start serving, and y'all, I'm not saying, I'm not, this is not like a call for, for growth track. Listen, I want you to understand something about growth track when we talk about it here at United Church. Growth track, our heart for growth track is this, is, is twofold. But the first thing is this, is that you would discover more about how God has uniquely wired you. And if you want to put that into, if you want to put that into motion by serving, that's fantastic. But if you just want to go through growth track and learn more about yourself, hey, listen, that's an amazing opportunity. That's not what I'm talking about. But I'm talking about when we, when we start serving, when we start showing up at these different places and there'll be over 30 opportunities at Love Day and people are going like, what, 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 are, what, what is this crowd of people doing? What are these people doing? Y'all, 2022, we are so, not we, but the world as a whole is so inward focused that when you serve somebody outside of yourself, people are like, they got their peepers open going like, what is different about them? 
Like something, this is raising awareness. Like this is, this is causing a scene. These people are serving other people. I thought I was just supposed to be, I thought like we're not like, we're not like, oh gosh, there's a word. The word that bothered me so much for the last couple of years is the word social distancing. I understand what they meant. Understood, understood. Physical distancing, probably a better term. Can we agree? Physical distancing. Social distancing means like more anxiety, means more depression. It means all those things going up. That was a play by the enemy. No, no, it was physical. But here's what I want you to understand. Like we're not trying to like physical distance. We're trying to serve people into the presence of God, to raise awareness. So they go, oh my gosh, like that we've, been, we've been isolated by ourselves, but now we're coming together for a common cause in order to serve people. It causes a scene. People are like, this is so much different than anything I could ever imagine. Then he finishes with verse number 12. He says, and when Peter saw it, he addressed the people. Men of Israel, why do you wonder at this? Or why do you stare at us as though by our own power or piety we have made him walk? The God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, and the God of our fathers glorified his servant Jesus, I love this, whom you delivered over and denied in the presence of Pilate when he decided to release him. But you denied the holy and righteous one and asked for a murderer to be granted. Peter's a bad man. He says, and you killed the author of life whom God raised from the dead. To this we are witnesses. In his name, by faith in his name, has made this man strong whom you see and know. And the faith that is through Jesus has given the man this perfect health in the presence of you all. Let, let me just point this out for a moment, that Peter was pointing all the glory, all of the honor, all of the praise back to the one who it belonged to anyway. Can I tell you that the reason that we started this church, the reason that this church still goes, the reason that we serve, the reason that we show up on Sundays, the reason that we set up Dover High School, the reason that we show up at Milford Campus, the reason that we do all of these things is for no other reason than to point people back to the author, the perfecter of life, Jesus. He is the reason. He has been the reason. He is the reason. Reason, he will always be the reason. This is not about how Kenneth is the hero. Oh, he showed up and saved the day. No, somebody had to go first and God called me. And so I just said, hey, I'm not very smart, but I'm available. God, just use me and I'm gonna point all the glory. God, it's yours. God, to you belongs all of this glory, all of the salvations, all of the baptisms, all of the life change. God, it belongs to you. And these men in this moment were pointing it all back to Jesus. And check out what happens in chapter four. It says, as they were speaking to the people, the priests and the captain of the temple and the Sadducees came upon them greatly annoyed because they were teaching the people, proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection from the dead. And they were arrested them and they arrested them, excuse me, and put them in custody until the next day for it was already evening. But many of those who had heard the word believed and the number of men came to about 5,000. This is literally mind blowing to me. The last thing I want you to write down if you're taking notes is this, is that serving, it gives God the glory. These men were pointing it all back to Jesus. You see, what happens, what happens when we serve? God gets the glory. What happens when you and I, we, we, we put aside several hours for one day? And here's what I know. I'm gonna go ahead and show it to you because it's, it's right here. Love Day, September 10th. 
I, I won't, I'm calling on every single person who's not out of town and doesn't have plans that they can't move, that calls United Church home to be a part of this day. Not so that we can, I don't care. Listen, I don't even care if we don't post it on social media. We will because we're gonna give all the, God all the glory. I, I don't care about social media anyways. I'm like the only 36 year old in America who has none. I could care less. Like I couldn't find you on Facebook. Not on it. My, my, my desire here is that as a church, that we would begin to love people so much that there would be a ripple effect that comes out of auditoriums in Dover, that comes out of auditoriums in Milford, and then one day Middletown, and then one day Lewis, and then one day Georgetown, and then one day Newark, and then one day Hartley. Come on, we'll have a gathering of seven. We will, we will do this all over the place. We will go to Del Mar and have four. I don't care where, we will gather in Jesus' name. We will love people and we will serve them and there will be a ripple effect of people going, hey, there's something different about those people. There's something because what happened in this moment is by serving this man, they got him into the presence of God and his life was forever changed. This man had been there for 40 years, it says, for 14,000 days. 14,000 days he'd done the same thing, same stuff, different day. Sat there. So somebody decided to move. I think it's time that a church in Delaware, I'm not saying that we're the only one doing this. I'm talking to my church right now, God's church, the church that God has called me to pastor. Somebody's gonna find something with what I say. I'm calling our church right now to love people until there is no doubt. To love people, to serve people, people to love till there is no question. Because I can tell you this, when you get them into the presence of God, I know that, I know that United Church is not for everybody. And that's why I say from, from right here, I will help you find a church if this is not your church. But I know that when people get into the presence of God, their life has changed, their futures are better, there's mothers and fathers who are loving each other more. There are grandfathers and grandmothers who are living it out. That they're look, There's people on looking saying, listen, I, I can follow Jesus with confidence because I've seen it happen before. So today, for distraction's sake, would you just bow your head for a moment, close your eyes. I'm not asking for a raise of hands. I'm asking for a moving of thumbs. Today, if you call this place home, Will you join me in locking arms on September 10th? Say, I'm gonna start that day. I'm gonna be part of the ripple. And today there may be, there's over 30 opportunities to sign up for all across the map, all over the map of, of different skill sets, different ideas, inside, outside, heavy lifting, no heavy lifting. There's all kinds of things. And if they fill up, we will add more. I promise you that. But I'm calling on every person who calls United Church home. September 10th, to serve. Not to serve United, but for it to be a spectacle for people to say, man, something's different. Well, let me pray for you today. Jesus, thank you. Thank you for our church. God, I'm thankful for the Big C Church. Every church that is preaching the name of Jesus 
stands on the word of God, that believes that Jesus Christ was crucified and on the third day rose from the dead. God, I'm thankful for every single church who believes those things. But God, I'm thankful for a local expression like United where we can just get the nuts and bolts and we can say it's, it's all about serving. It's not about more knowledge. It's not about an increase of this or that. It's, it's about putting to practice what we already know. Holy Spirit, move inside of us. God, would you break the apathy that maybe some of us feel in this moment? God, would it snap loose in us? God, maybe some people haven't been able to feel for a long time. Would that today they be able to feel again? God, we're gonna give you all the praise. Church, look up at me for a second. Look up at me for a second. I just juked our, our MCs. I know that. I'm gonna hand it off to them in a second. I felt impressed this week as I was, as I was thinking about this to, to tell you a dream that I have in my heart. That my dream that I have in my heart is to have one, but multiple at some point, mobile, what we would call something like a dream center. Something that looks like a, a food truck, if you will, where we can just show up in places and we can unload and we can serve people and it can be a spectacle on display for Jesus Christ. I have this dream that maybe we could show up in, a, in an area that, that maybe is underserved and we could just set up a, set up a, a yard sale, but it's, it's not for sale, it's just, it's just for half. And I know that there's, I felt like God pressed this on my heart to share this with you today because I never ask for anything. I just literally ask you to ask God and just do what he says. But maybe today that lands on somebody's heart and you're like, Pastor Kenneth, God has provided in, in such immeasurable ways for me that I want to, I want to, I want to make that happen. We know that it would be somewhere between 50 to $100,000 to make that happen. But imagine 10 of these going out all over the state one day just serving people, serving food, serving soup, serving yards, like doing all of these things, maybe one day giving medical provision. I don't know what it is. And so let me pray. God, thank you for that person or those people, God, who that will leap inside their heart and they will not be able to escape it. God, we give you praise. We love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.